So I'm going to start off by telling you that um, last month was just crazy for me. Um, uh, there was a lot of different things that, that took place in, in the month of January. Um, in my life specifically, um, that have kind of brought me to this lesson that I want to share with you this morning. One of the things that, that really, I guess, impacted my January uh, was our Connect Retreat. Uh, and in fact, the last time that I was up here and spoke, um, I actually kind of mentioned, uh, I, I had the privilege of getting to, to speak on the, the first Sunday of the year. And uh, I, I remember spending a few minutes telling you guys how excited I was about the Connect Retreat, which is, of course, when we take the teens and our college students and uh, some of our adults and we, we go down to the beach and we just spend a weekend together. We spend a weekend studying and uh, having devotionals and singing and having fun together and, uh, and just really being able to grow together. And uh, that was an unforgettable uh, experience, an unforgettable weekend. Uh, I will say that there were uh, a few unplanned things throughout that weekend. Um, on Saturday, it was so cold that most of us didn't really leave the beach house. Um, we just kind of stayed in. Uh, I had a, an activity that was planned for outside, and I went outside and I started to put stuff out for it. And I said, "Oh no, never mind. We're not doing that." And it came, brought everything back in. I said, "All right, we're just going to do stuff inside. It's it's too cold." Um, so we had a really cold time, and in fact, um, along with that, we also had. Uh, I can remember. Very, very early, 3 to 4 a.m. Sunday morning, uh, Randall Nunnally comes and wakes me up and tells me, uh, hey, Connor, you, you got to wake up. Something's wrong. And uh, so uh, come to find out, we had some, uh, some leaking pipes uh, at our beach house that we were staying at. And uh, so we had to turn off the water, which in turn ended up uh, maybe freezing the pipes uh, for that morning on Sunday, but we got everything figured out, and uh, it was a cold weekend, but it was, uh, it was an awesome weekend. But after that, uh, after our weekend was over, I actually decided that I was going to go to, to Mobile for, for a day and just kind of see family, and then head back up here the following day. Well, the... Uh, uh, a storm, winter storm, came through up here, so I wasn't really allowed to leave that day uh, by my mother's request. And then the next day, uh, Mobile got hit with a winter storm that ended up closing down I-65 North, which is, of course, how I was going to, to get back here. And uh, so I ended up stuck in Mobile for three days instead of one day. Uh, so spent a, a lot of time in Mobile and finally got to come back uh, on that following Thursday. Uh, a week later, I, uh, I ended up heading back to Mobile. Uh, a very close friend of mine uh, that I grew up with 
um, we found out that his dad uh, very unexpectedly had passed away. Um, and in fact, I had actually talked a little bit about um, that family the last time that I was up here. Uh, I told many of you, if, if you were here when I spoke uh, back in January, I told you about a family that, um, that I had what I defined as refrigerator privileges with. Um, it was a family that I was very close to, a family that I felt so comfortable around during my high school years. Um, it was the father of, of that family. And uh, so I went home, uh, I went back to, to Mobile, I went and visited their home, um, got to spend a little bit more time with, with my family there, and uh, really got to, uh, ended up really in Mobile a lot more necessarily than I wanted to. But I ended up titling this lesson, Heading Home. And I chose this title for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, and in fact, I, I realized that everything that took place during this month of January, every big event, um, every big impactful thing that took place during that month, uh, I really feel like they all revolved around this idea. I'm really glad that Mark actually ended up talking about this idea of, of home, of our heavenly home, last week, last Sunday. And I'm very glad that that, that was actually kind of what we talked about. And uh, I'm kind of presenting this as almost a, a part two of, of this idea. Uh, but I want to start off by kind of talking about just this word home. Uh, and of course, the word home has a very unique definition for, for all of us. And I say that because every single concept of home is going to be a little bit different depending on who you ask, depending on what, uh, you know, who you want to define that story or that idea of what home is to them. Now, of course, for a lot of people, uh, home is, uh, of course, their, their nuclear family. It is the, the pa their parents, their siblings, or their, uh, their spouse and their children. Uh, it's this very you know, t uh, typical idea. But a lot of people, it, it expands a lot further, uh, or it's just a different blend of, of family members. It's, it's grandparents, it's aunts and uncles, um, it's cousins, it's, it can be any, any mixture of uh, people that they're related to. But not only that, a lot of times for people, uh, home has nothing to do with blood relatives at all. Um, it's simply people that... Um, people that are like family to them. Um, it is pl a place where they feel like they belong, a place where they feel like they can be comfortable, where they feel like they can be exactly who they're supposed to be and, and, and not have to uh, feel any kind of judgment uh, or resistance from that. Every definition of home is unique and is different for, for all of us. See, in the life of Christ, there is a, uh, a mentioning of home uh, all throughout uh, his life. 
Uh, all throughout the life of Jesus, we see this idea and this concept of home. And there's three points that, that I want to focus on with you this morning uh, as we kind of go through uh, all of this. It's, it's three points that, that Jesus shows us about home. And not only that, it's, it's three lessons that, that I have learned uh, last month. It's three lessons that, that have really impacted and made me think about this idea of home. The first thing that we see is that Jesus understood the importance of home on this earth. I was looking through a lot of different passages and, uh, and I came across several different instances of Jesus mentioning home and I really, really liked the, the, uh, the context and the way that he was explaining uh, or, or used this idea of home. And I want to share several of these with you. Uh, we're going to start off in Mark chapter 2. And we're actually going to look at uh, three different verses uh, in the book of Mark that show us uh, this use of the word home. In Mark chapter 2, we see that, uh, that a, a paralytic man was being lowered through the roof. Uh, and of course, we've heard this story of these, these friends that, that take this man to this crowded place uh, where Jesus was. Uh, in fact, it was actually regarded as G the home of Jesus. And uh, they go up onto the roof and they, they lower him down. And uh, they lower him to Jesus. And, uh, and so Jesus is speaking and all this is taking place and the scribes are there and they're, of course, questioning uh, what Jesus has done. And so we see the, kind of the, the reaction and we see the words of Jesus uh, beginning in verse 10 of Mark chapter 2. He says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So here we see Jesus says to this man, rise and go home. There's another instance that we see in Mark chapter 5. Uh, this was a man who was demon-possessed. And in fact, we find out that it's, it's many demons and, uh, and they identify themselves as legion. And we see, uh, so we are, we're seeing this uh, interaction take place. And, and of course, Jesus then uh, sends these demons out of this man. And so after the fact, picking up, we're going to look at uh, beginning in verse 18 of Mark chapter 5. As he was getting into the boat, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. In this instance, we see him say, Go home to your friends. And then in Mark chapter 8, 
We see yet another man that was brought to Jesus. Uh, and this one specifically was a, a blind man uh, in Bethsaida. Uh, and he was brought to Jesus. And uh, Jesus actually uses his spit and, uh, and, and puts it on the man's eyes. And, and he's able to see partially. And so then uh, we, we kind of pick up here, uh, beginning in verse 25. So then Jesus laid his hand on, the eyes, on his eyes again. And he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. And Jesus sent him to his home, saying, uh, Do not even enter the village. Don't go to the village, but go home. Go home. See, in these three instances, Jesus sent these men where, where they needed to be. Uh, Jesus interacted with these, these people and of course many, many people were able to see what had taken place and, and even this last guy, chances are he wanted to go and tell everyone about what had just happened. But Jesus wanted them to go home. Jesus wanted them to return to those people who meant so much to them. The people that he knew would be most impacted by these works and he wanted him to return to them to go home. And, and I get this. I understand this. And I feel like you understand this as well. How important it is for these people to return home. To be reunited with those people that love them, that care about them. Because home is where you want to be. Home is a place where you're really excited and you, and you plan this big vacation that you're going to go on and, and you can't wait to, to get out and go somewhere. And so you go on this vacation and then, you know, after a couple days, it's about time to, to return home. It's about time to be back where, where you feel most comfortable, where you really want to be. You see, this title, and I want to make this clear, this title of heading home, it applies to all of this, and I feel like it also applies to uh, my own personal life and what I was telling you about. But this is not a reference of me going to, to Mobile. This idea of heading home to me is the idea of me getting to come back here. I remember every time that, that I was actually uh, in Mobile... And uh, whether it was stuck because of the weather or there because of a, a, an unexpected death, I would talk to Caden and, and she would ask how everything was going in Mobile and I would tell her, you know, it's, it's, it's good, but I'm just so ready to be back home. I'm so ready to be back in Jasper. And I'll be honest, you know, that place that... that is right across the street where all my stuff is. That's not really, it's not really my home either. That's just where my stuff is. Um, in all seriousness, right here, this is my home. And this is where I tend to feel the most love, where I feel the most comfort, where I feel that sense of belonging that so many people want to feel. And I'm very thankful for that. But I understand this, and I, and I get this point that Jesus is trying to make. The importance of getting to be 
home. And how important that place, that relationship, those relationships should be to us. Because it's typically the love that we share that makes us feel at home. It is the love that exists within all of these places that allows us to understand what this concept of home really is. I've often heard this comparison of the word house and the word home, and I think that's very true. A house is, is a building. A home is completely different, and it's because of this point exactly. It's because of that love that exists and that is shared within it. So we see that Jesus understood the importance of home on this earth. But not only that, we also see that Jesus showed us a much greater meaning of home. If you would go to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. We see an interesting idea that, uh, that Jesus brings. And, uh, and during this time, he's actually talking specifically with Peter and Andrew and James and John. And, uh, and so Jesus is, is with these four men and he's, he's sharing a lot of things with them. Uh, he's talking about all of these things that are to come. And, uh, and then he shares this parable with them. And I want to share this parable with you. Uh, it actually begins, uh, I believe, in verse uh, 32, or 33, I think is where we're going to start reading. Uh, and this is the parable he, that he shares with them. He says, Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. So here Jesus gives us this, this parable but I feel like it's very easy for us to understand exactly what he's telling us. You see, in this parable we see a, a master. And this master, of course, is about to, to go on a journey. And before he goes on this journey, uh, he has to keep his house in order. So he tells all of his servants, all right, this is the job that you are going to be given. And this is the job that you're going to have. And, and this is what you're going to do while I'm away. And so he tells all of these servants, all of these people, this is your job. This is the work that needs to be done. And after a while, I'm going to return home. And of course, in this context, uh, there is no iPhone, so he's not able to send them a text saying, hey, uh, you know, my flight just landed, I'll be there in a few hours, so they can hurry and wake up and rush and get all this work done. There is no definite time of his return. These servants are not going to know when he's coming back and when he is expecting this work to be complete and enacted. You see, our Master has given us 
a job. He has given us a work that we have to do. And at one point, at some point in time, our master is returning home. And when he returns home, he's going to see that we've done one of two things. We have either done that work that he has asked of us, or we've fallen asleep. And we haven't done any work at all. So I want to ask you this question, and I want you to think about this question. Have we, as his servants, stayed awake? When we think about this idea that we are living our lives and that there is no, there's no understandable, there is no exact end, there is no idea as to when exactly this work has to be complete. We don't have an exact deadline for when this is due. We can't live our lives just procrastinating. Have we been doing this work that we're supposed to be doing? Or have we done some of the work and given up and, and fallen asleep? Are we sleeping? During our Connect retreat, we got to go to, uh, usually every year we go to a, a different uh, beach location. And we went to, uh, the past several years, we've gone to uh, Panama City, we've gone to Destin. Uh, this year we got to uh, make our way to Gulf Shores. And I was very excited about that because I spent a good amount of time growing up in the Gulf Shores area. We only lived about an hour away. And I was excited to get to share a place that was so close to where I grew up. Um, in fact, one of the things I was most excited about was uh, getting to take everyone to Lambert's. Um, you might love Lambert's. You might think it's very overrated. Um, and that's okay. But there's just something about being at a place where they throw rolls the size of your head at you that just makes it so awesome. And, and I was so excited to get to take everybody there and us just, you know, just be in that weird atmosphere and, and eat the rolls and, and be fed fried okra and, and huge portions of, of southern food. And I just love getting to share that experience uh, with everyone. And, but during that weekend, uh, our theme and what we talked about was this idea uh, of uh, to reflect. Reflect was the theme of our weekend. And uh, one of our final lessons that we talked about was reflecting on the future. Reflecting on this idea of, of where we're going, of the direction that we are headed in our lives. And of course, in our days ahead, uh, as we thought about this idea, we thought about in our days ahead uh, the work that we have been given in this life and the work that we were doing or, or were not doing at that point in time. And understanding that when the Lord returns, we have to be awake and we have to be ready. In Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, uh, we see Paul speaking to the church in Philippi. And basically what, 
what he's telling these people is he's saying, uh, I have been working. I've been doing so much work for Christ and I really just want to encourage you to do the same. We have to continue to do the work that is set before us. Beginning in verse 18, he tells them, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you with tears, they walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. See, what Paul tells us here and is telling this church is that our citizenship is not on earth. And really what he's saying here is that we don't, we don't belong here forever. This is not where we're going to spend the rest of our days. Technically, yes, this is where we're going to spend the rest of this life. But our home... Where we belong is not here. And we have to always keep that in mind. We have to understand that there is a much greater meaning and a much greater place that is home. And here we see that Jesus showed us this greater meaning of home. But not only that, the third thing that we see is that Jesus has prepared a home for us in heaven. This morning, Harrison read a verse for us, a passage for us in John chapter 14. And during this, uh, in John chapter 14, actually right before that, in the, in the chapter before, uh, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he actually is, is going through all of this and he's saying, uh, one of you is, is going to betray me. And then after that, he's talking to Peter and he's saying, Peter, you're going to deny me. And he's telling them all these things. And, and so then we, we see what he decides to, to tell them at this point. In John chapter 14, beginning in the first verse, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. See, Jesus is talking about this place that He is going to prepare for us. And along with all of this, and we also see this idea in the passage that we focused on last week. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this was kind of our focus, but I wanted to look back at this verse because in this, uh, we discussed this idea of heaven. And we talked about heaven being a place where our people are. 
And I want to look at a few verses specifically, the first two verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, and then verses 6 through 8. It says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. Skipping on down to verse 6. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Rather than being in the body, we'd rather be at home with the Lord. Not here. We would rather not be here in this temporary body. We would rather be in our real home. You see, we have to understand and we absolutely have to have an unmatched desire for heaven. Our desire for this eternal home has to be much greater than any desire that we have on this earth. It has to be even greater than our desire to be at home on this earth. It has to be a priority high above all else. My best friend's dad, his name was Ed McGoy. And uh, he was he was an awesome person. Um, when I was in elementary school, um, and of course when my best friend was in elementary school with me, um, he was actually a youth minister um, at a church um, a little ways from us, but um, I, I, there were a few times where I got to go and visit that youth group and see that youth ministry and uh, see the things that he did for, for that group of people. Uh, then in my high school years, he actually took on a job at our school to be our band director and our chorus director. And so I got to spend uh, even more time with him there. Um, if you remember, the last time I talked about him, they actually moved to Mobile and... Uh, And it was at a very inconvenient time in my life, but a perfect time for them uh, to be there. And for, for my friend's dad, for Mr. Ed, to be there for me. And he was very much a, a father figure in my life um, when I needed one. And I was incredibly thankful for that, and when I was at uh, when I was back in Mobile uh, in December during Christmas on Christmas Day, actually, um, my mother and I were were headed back to to her house, and we were driving by their house, and she said, "Let's just stop by." And so we went and, uh, and we actually spent a few hours there talking to Mr. Ed and his wife and their youngest son that's still at home. 
And uh, we really just caught up on a, a lot of the things uh, that took place in, in my life that had taken place since I was really able to, to get to sit down and talk with them and get to talk to them about all the, the things that they had done that really impacted our life. But I can confidently tell you that Jesus had prepared a home for him. And his family knows where, where he is now. And I, I'm very confident in where he is now. But it is not just him that has a home prepared. Jesus has prepared a home for you. He has prepared a home for all of us. And we have to think about that and we have to understand this. And we have to ask ourselves this question. Will your home in heaven prepared for you be vacant? The way that you are living your life with the works that you have been given by your Master, have you been doing those works? Or have you been asleep? And as a result of that, is your home in heaven going to be empty? You see, we have to do everything that we possibly can to make sure that our destination is home. No, not our temporary home on earth, but our eternal home where we belong. I want to do something a little bit different. I can, I can tell by the sounds that a lot of you have already put up your bulletins, but I want you to get them back out. And I want you to, to really take a second and look at the bottom. Instead of, you know, normally we just have blanks and we, we fill them out. But I legitimately have a, a question for you. And I want you to look at that and, and I want you to think about this question. And I've even left space there so you can choose to, to write down or, you know, I understand you might not want people to, to see what you've put down, but I want you to think about what you would put in that blank. But you see that question and you know that question, and I want you to think about that question. Am I heading home? Do you feel like you're doing everything in your life that you need to be doing where you know your destination is at home? Are you doing everything that you possibly can to make sure that you're going to end up with your Father, with your Master in Heaven? I'm so thankful for all of the things that, that this past month has, has brought to me and has shown me 
and, and has made me to understand. And I'm so thankful that I was able to, to think through this and understand and be able to present this lesson to you. But I, I don't want you to leave here not sure if you're going to be heading home. And I know that every week we offer an invitation. Every week we have a time where you're able to, to come forward and you're able to, uh, to really say that you need prayers, that you need encouragement, that you need something from the church. And maybe right now you're thinking, well, maybe this is the time, but, but maybe not. Last week was also an opportunity and the week before that. The last week has passed. The week before that has passed. All of those opportunities have passed. This one has not. Are you heading home? If there's anything we can do for you, if there's anything we can do to make sure you are heading home, we ask that you come forward now as we stand and as we